0: Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. Here we are again. So what do you have for us this week in the world of tech? Uh, well, I'm going to start off by talking about jet fuel. Oh. Uh, jet fuel, uh, obviously, it sends users to, to power, well, jets, among other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about uh, jets is they carry quite a lot of fuel and it's not easy to replace that fuel with batteries because batteries are very, very heavy. Mm. And the the time taken to recharge them would mean that the planes will be sitting on the tarmac for a very long time, much longer than it takes to refuel a stylus plane. So if you've ever flown with Ryanair, you'll know that you know you, when the plane lands, it's up in the air again within about 40 minutes usually. Yes, not always on the ones I fly on, but yes, I know that's the principle, yes. That's the principle, yeah, exactly. So um, what can we replace jet fuel with? Well, you could replace it with biofuel, but the biofuel, although it sounds very green and ecological, has its own problems partly because of the emissions from all the fertiliser and the tractors, but also the fact that the land could be used for for food. Mm. Um, You can make... um, Biofuel out of cooking oil, used cooking oil, and McDonald's on their delivery trucks claim that they're powered entirely by recycled cooking oil. Yes, I've got a feeling BA them. said they were hoping to do that as well, but I may they made it. The trouble that. with that is it's very, very energy intensive turning used cooking oil into jet fuel, as you could imagine, because mm. the stuff that, you know after it's been through uh, several hundred hamburgers, it's mm. not going to be in the best of condition. Well, um, here's an interesting idea. Hey, from... They should try doing the other way. They should use spent jet fuel for hamburgers. They absolutely should. Why well, don't they Much do... better. I don't know. Because I think the jet fuel burns up, it sort of okay. disappears into the atmosphere. <laughs> and that's part oh, of the problem, maybe. the fact that it disappears yes. into the atmosphere. True. Okay. Yes. Well, there's an, an initiative from uh, ETH Zurich, who are doing this pilot plant in uh, in Spain, which involves making jet fuel from sunlight. Come on, that's got that to be is, a good idea. Yeah, but sure. How? How? There's got to be a catch in that somehow, surely. Well, what they do? I mean, is you make they jet have, fuel from sunlight. Surely you can make any sort of fuel from sunlight. That is, that is indeed, indeed true. They, they I've, have, I've, I've, um, Putin's probably sending some people over to smash it up now. They, have, they, they add to the sunlight water and carbon dioxide. Uh, right. The carbon dioxide, which you know we're trying to get rid of anyway, so that's yes. not, not yes. a bad thing. Um, And what they do is they have 169 solar panels in this pilot pilot plant, which uh, track the sun. Mm. So they rotate to follow the sun. They then focus the light onto a reactor, which is on a a tower mounted 15 metres above the ground. Mm. And the combined sunlight is enough to generate 30 kilowatts of power. Um, because this is the reason why the EHC Zurich have built this in Spain rather than in Switzerland because there's a rather better supply of sunlight. Yes, yes. Uh they then take the water and carbon dioxide, um, which they turn into hydrogen and carbon monoxide, and they can produce um 16% of it as kerosene, 40% as diesel, and so they can produce the fuel but from very green ingredient, ingredients, without using fossil fuels at all. Well, Which is a clever thing. It is. Yeah. Do you know how efficient it is? Because you can't help feeling that they're sort of probably going to end up with a thimble full at the end. Well, it is. I mean, obviously, it's very in the very early stages. And we yes. if it does work, we'll see large parts of Spain or perhaps other hot countries covered in solar mirrors, well, which is already the happening planet. in Africa, didn't we? Um, there's yeah. a story recently of, of um, um, the idea of actually putting up massive banks of solar panels in um, North Africa and and having a, a cable bringing electricity back to the UK. Yes, which may work, but yes. um, it's a very long cable. But I suppose there are very long cable. cables. Yes, there are, are, the are. long cables. Yes, well, it seems. Pluto. Free. Pluto was the pipeline under, pipeline the, ocean. under the ocean. Yes, uh, yeah. though. Oddly enough, it really was Pipeline Under the Channel. Now that I think about it, it, Pipeline Under the Ocean went to Normandy. Oh, I thought it went to New York. No, Pluto was was for the Normandy landings. Wasn't it? Oh, well, I don't don't know. I can't remember now. It's possible. It's possible. This is why, folks, you don't want to be with us in a pub quiz. <laughs> exactly. We spent hours arguing over one question, and the question, the whole quiz is over before we realise that uh, yes, we spent too long. I thought pipeline of the ocean was the way of getting um, uh, fuel to the forces in Normandy after the invasion on sixth of June nineteen forty four. Oh, I well, you may be right, but I think this is maybe a different pipeline. Oh, okay, possibly a different right. ocean. Right. Uh, okay. So, where do these people EHT zero ETH zero get their carbon dioxide from? Well, one place they could get it from in the future. Has been explored by some students at Eindhoven uh, University of Technology who have built an electric car that right. sucks carbon dioxide from the air as it drives along and uh and it's stored uh, that, and they reckon it can suck two kilograms of carbon dioxide for every twelve thousand eight hundred miles. Why twelve thousand eight hundred miles is that twenty thousand kilometers do you think
1: I no more idea. or less
0: yeah probably more or less um which doesn't sound like a lot but of course two kilograms of carbon dioxide is quite a lot of carbon dioxide because two kilograms of any gas is quite a lot uh and so it stores it and the idea is that when the car is then at a recharging station while it's juicing up its battery it can then be Um, downloading its stored Mm. carbon dioxide at the same time. And that carbon dioxide can go into jet fuel or concrete is made, of course, we're using carbon dioxide as our fizzy drinks. So a very clever idea. And um, it'll probably never see the light of day, but what a good thing to happen if it does. Yes, absolutely. Just going back and I did look up pipeline under the ocean and it is, oddly enough, in this instance, I was actually right. It came from um, Romney Marsh, um, oh. oil pipelines under the english channel between england and france in support of operation overlord the invasion that'll be because pipeline to the ocean you could have a lovely little abbreviation um whereas um oh. pluch, 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 plute, well plute would be an english channel but not quite as euphonious it would not be quite as euphonious as you say including yes. just sounds so it's much not, better yes i don't think there is a pipeline for fuel between here and anywhere we'd reach by ocean but I may be wrong so where do we go now oh we haven't had one of these have we it's high time we did so uh well let us uh move on to um microelectronics and the difficulty picking up tiny objects uh, you can you can have technology that does that but making it grip something securely while not breaking it is hmm. quite a difficult thing to achieve what are we talking and, about with um, tiny objects tiny objects well you know yes. tiny bits of electronic objects oh okay All right. yes yes uh, well the solution um, from uh, rice university in texas is to use dead spiders Oh, what better use for dead spiders? I told you the Texas guys are always the most interesting <laughs> ones. <laughs> they really are, aren't they? They call it necrobiotics as a term that they the have. Right. <laughs> and um I've seen some video of them doing this. What they do is they could they can move the limbs with hydraulic pressure. So the first thing they do is to, well, kill the spider. Euthanize the spider is the term yes. that they use. Yes, yes. They stick a, a needle into this throsoma chamber which is uh the the part of the spider that controls its movement uh with a syringe on the end of the um, uh of the of the needle mm-hmm. and then it is just uh, pneumatic they they pump air in to open and close the spider's legs uh, and they reckon that uh, they can lift 130 percent of the spider's body weight just by contracting its legs which is right. not very much because spiders don't weigh very much. No, that is that's true. But then we talk about small things. Yes, small things. And they say that each spider lasts for a thousand open and closed cycles before it begins, After presumably, smelling. Away and, yes. Well, I think I throw it away and kill another spider. Oh, not so long since we talk about killing silkworms. Now. And now we're killing spiders, exactly. Yes. Mm, okay. Um, hey, next you week have we're to... Going to! talk about yeah. waste frogs, but that'll, that's still to come. Yeah. yeah no. I just wonder the thought processes that made somebody decide that they could use a dead spider to lift objects. It is curious, but not just thinking about it down the pub one night, but actually then going ahead <laughs> yes, and doing it. Yes, and then announcing to everybody you've done it afterwards. Yes. Without having them say, are you actually expecting a research grant for this? <laughs> exactly. Let us okay. move on from spiders. I mean, I don't like yeah. spiders. Spiders scare no, me. Don't it, like completely them. irrationally, I don't know why there's something about spiders. No, well, it's, you're not alone in that. And if there were a spider on my ceiling in my bedroom, I would have great trouble getting to sleep. Yes. Which segues us very neatly oh. into our next item. Oh, okay. If, if you have trouble getting to sleep. The the problem could be that your mattress is the wrong temperature. What? And we are back to the University of Texas once again. <laughs> who? well apparently when you're in the process of going to sleep it's a complex process going to sleep because your body has to shut itself down in the right order to the right degree um your your body temperature uh actually drops uh when you're going to sleep um but your hands and your feet and your neck uh uh warm up to to boost the, the blood flow um right. and um so what they've done is they've made mattresses that cool your body, but warm up your, your, your feet and your head. And in their tests, they did tests on people on the subjects who were all going to bed two hours earlier than normal. So at the time when they wouldn't normally go mm. to sleep and they found that 50, it was 58% faster falling asleep with this mattress that heated and cooled itself in different regions. Mm. What they're going to do with this uh, this result, of course, is anyone's guess. Because the idea of selling mattresses that cool and eat in different places is frankly uh, absurd. But then, well, well except as they, as a, yeah, but if they sell it right. I'm sure. You know, if you're offering a better night's sleep, perhaps people will be willing to pay for that. A lot of people do have trouble getting to sleep. Mind, of course, you wouldn't want it because you would know it's the same place that was experimenting with spiders. Exactly. And they who knows where they put yes, all their dead spiders. Yes, they might suffer back with them. Yes, exactly. exactly. Has to these spiders are. Yeah. Um, it's time for us to take a quick break. We have not a quick break, we know we need, we need to have one. Absolutely. It's imperative. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best, it's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Gadgets and Gizmos. I'm Simon Rose. He's Steve Kaplan. And we are moving on to our crowdfunding time of the week. Van please. So, something you can't pronounce. No, actually, it's not. It's called the duo Dice. And it's for people who find ordinary dice a bit boring. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. it, It consists of Perspex boxes with dice inside them. So you roll the boxes and then the dice rattle around and the standard, they make them in several different kinds of dice, but let's talk about the basic six-sided dice and they just land on wherever dice would normally land. But printed on the boxes are another number with plus and minus symbols. So you roll the die and then wherever it lands, you then add or subtract the number printed on the Perspex box so you can either get a score of up to twelve, or you could get a score of um minus five. How about that? Or seventeen. Should it go both I, ways? No, because you've only got one die in the box. I'm talking about. The oh time wh- one. oh, one oh die right. Okay, time. okay yeah. right. Minus five, particularly for a one, and then for a minus, and then there's a minus six on top of the Perspex box. Anyway, I don't quite understand they, the um, point of this. Well, no, neither do I. And they haven't, they said you can use it with you know standard games, but of course, I suppose if you're playing Snakes and Ladders and you get a minus three, we just have to follow what it says and do minus three. It could reinvigorate board games that were otherwise rather dull. Um, there are two. Significant drawbacks to, to this. It's on Indiegogo at the moment. Mm. Uh, one is that uh, in their promotional video, they say play the outer dice, play the inner dice, or play both dices. Oh. Which really upset me. I'm not surprised. Yes. So, I mean, they, they, if you're going to make dice, I think it's worth finding out that the plural of die is dice and the singular of dice is die. Yeah. But anyway, there we go. Both dices. What an awful phrase. The other disadvantage is the fact that they want $75 for these things. What? Exactly. So I, I don't, don't think this, this right is today, yeah, but I thought yeah. worth talking about because just more of the kind of fun stuff that we tend to see on, uh, okay. on the uh, on the old Indiegogo. Uh, indie so what, what now? That clearly is one we don't expect is actually going to be coming to a Indeed. game store near you well, anytime soon let's move on to google again who are back with their next generation of augmented reality glasses so when they brought out their first google glass mm. uh, a few years ago uh people were very upset by the idea that they had cameras in them mm. uh and uh and the people wearing them looked faintly ridiculous uh, google glass holes they were called or yes. various uh various i'd love items. to be the one who came up with that it's a good name uh anyway so they've got a new uh ar glasses though being american of course probably glass hells rather than glass it probably would yes it probably would this is the new ones i have a microphone and a camera in them but yeah. there's no way to take film or photographs of course right anyone would be able to hack them so they could take uh both film and photographs but for the moment they can't and they are billing them at the moment as uh, translators, subtitles for the world, they call it, which I think is a very neat phrase. You think that's a very good phrase, yes. subtitles yes. for the world? Um, they look pretty much like uh, normal glasses with a slightly thicker frame. Mm. And the idea is that when you're talking to someone who is speaking uh, a foreign language, you see a translation of what they're saying in real time projected in front of you. Of course, if you want to apply, then they have to prepare a pair of these as well. But um, what, oh, what, a, what a good idea. Yes, clever, except you've then got to read the subtitles, whereas there are translation things that will actually voice Speak what it. the person is yeah. saying in the language you want to hear it. Yes. Which isn't well, that easier? The, the Babelfish, of course, yes. named after the, the, the Douglas yes. Adams uh, concept. But yes, yes, it probably is easier. But this is just how they're demonstrating it at the moment and who knows maybe uh maybe it'll come to something maybe it won't but they yeah you know, every apple google everyone's very keen on promoting ar glasses but they haven't quite figured out what we're going to do with them but i suppose the same is true of much technology before it actually lands So the yes. people who develop it and the people who use it are then figure out what to do with the stuff yes yes i guess so okay so uh we haven't had one of these for a little while <phone rings> Um, let's get boring. Uh, digging tunnels, in fact. Yes, we'd never be boring the other meaning. No, no absolutely not. No. Um, and tunnels are dug by rotary machines. And they go along, they excavate the material painfully slowly. And then the material is sort of channeled out behind them, has to be taken away. And the walls are lined with concrete as mm. the machines go forwards. Uh, in the case of the Channel Tunnel, of course, they couldn't get the machines out because the, by the time the walls lined with concrete, the machines were too big to be able to yes, go back yes. through the hole. So the uh, the French solution was to dismantle their digging machines and take them out, which was a tremendously expensive thing to do. They cost yes. them probably more than the cost of the digging machines. Whereas the the UK solution was to get their two digging machines when they met in the middle To do uh, a right angle turn and bury themselves in the seabed, yes, yes. which is wonderful, and I love the idea of archaeologists in thousands of years (laughs) after the channel has dried up, finding these ritually buried metal dinosaurs and trying to work. Thinking they were gods that were worshipped. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. with the tunnels leading down to their tomb. Yes, yes, exactly. Wonderful. Anyway, um, there is a. uh, Uh, A new concept here by a company in uh, California called (laughs) EarthGrid, who have produced a plasma robot, and which they say is 100 times as fast as these conventional digging machines, and 98% cheaper. They say it can dig the tunnels at a cost of $300 per metre. That's extraordinarily Um, cheap. This is for quite a small tunnel, not for the size okay. you to drive a car through. But right. both, it is yet extraordinarily cheap. Um, and uh, the very high temperature plasma fractures the, the rock um, and then vaporizes the stone. So you're left with quite little debris to, to take out. It uses 72 plasma cutters in a Fibonacci spiral, mm-hmm. uh, which is a spiral you know, the, in the same way. Yes, it's so a shell. Like, like a, a shell car. like a nautilus shell exactly uh, because as that rotates it ensures even coverage of the of uh, the whole surface so it's a spinning mm. thing that with the plasma cutters that go all the way around cut through it um, and it seems like an extremely good idea were not for the fact that it needs a power supply of 500 megawatts which is an awful lot of megawatts so a very long and Really, presumably quite thick cable required mm-hmm. to, to channel all this was powered. And 500 megawatts is is an awful lot. It is 500,000 kilowatt fires, for example. Half a million kilowatt fires all going at once. In fact, I think if you just took half a million kilowatt fires down there, <laughs> it might just generate enough heat to do this all by itself. What yeah. if they considered that? Yeah. It'd be a bugger if a fuse went. <laughs> they're probably quite big futures as well, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So we were talking okay. earlier about um uh, heating uh, in the desert and about these solar panels yes. in the desert and uh, there's an extraordinary design for a skyscraper about to be built in Saudi Arabia. When I say skyscraper it's actually a horizontal skyscraper yes in I've the seen sense. This. That the um, the new Google headquartered in London call themselves a horizontal skyscraper. So, this is a skyscraper that is 500 meters high, which is actually very high, 200 meters wide, and 105 miles long. 105 miles. Gosh. That's long. Yes. But is it it's feasible? Long. Well, it is feasible. And mirrors. Isn't and mirrored yes yes mirrored so that it reflects the desert so it blends in with the desert which is all very well unless you're a low-flying plane we to see the thing <laughs> yes and, you know there's 105 miles of it down there I think the mirroring may be a mistake but I've seen you know architects uh impressions of how it'll look and it's very pretty but also they've got the idea that it's going to have little viewing platforms interspersed along it with parks and um, probably swimming pools and things, so people can stand there and look out over the majestic rolling desert and watch the planes hurtling towards them without being able <laughs> to see them. Yes. Uh, and why does Google call its London place a horizontal skyscraper? What, how does that qualify? Uh, because it is a very, very long building. So it's effectively a skyscraper lying on its lying on its side. Is it high? No. Well, no, no, it's, it's not, not a skyscraper. Surely it's not the whole point of a skyscraper. That's why they call it a horizontal skyscraper. That well, doesn't make any sense. Well, no, possibly not. But when you see it, it does look kind of like a, a skyscraper where maybe not fallen over, but perhaps just having a little rest. Well, I think I've been past it. it. It's right. Yeah, I think it's near King's Cross, isn't it? I've been right it past it. I hadn't really cross, noticed yeah. it. OK. It so now we've got time for one quickie, I think. Um, OK, let's go on to the team of McMaster University in Canada, the University of Basel, University of Basel and Imperial College, who have found a uh, a way to develop a wearable fitness tracker that can detect covid two days before your symptoms appear Ooh. which is a good thing where if anyone's actually going to wear this thing um i don't know but it's it's the kind of technology that could of course be built into existing fitness trackers and indeed to things like mm. um, apple watch uh, because by the time you've you've got the symptoms of COVID, the chances are you've already infected quite a lot of people. Yes. And that two-day leeway could be just enough to prevent that happening. So I think, you know, a, a really good idea if and when it actually makes it into things we can actually wear on our actual wrists. Do you wear a fitness tracker? Well, I have an Apple Watch, which does all that kind of thing for me. Oh, okay. It keeps on telling me to breathe. Which is, just, yes, you how you I got, think, have got? How would you have got to your age without knowing <laughs> that? <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> Constant reminders. Wonderful. Uh, that's it from Steve Kaplan, myself, Simon Rose. Um, for Gadget and Gizmos for this week, we will, of course, be back with even more at the same time next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.